What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. We are bringing you a conversation with a marketer that matters. I'm joined by Tamalori from Buffer. She is a content writer at Buffer. You ever heard of them? Yeah, you probably have. Great brand, great content. I stumbled across one of the articles that she wrote on the juice around user-generated content, and I thought to myself, that's an interesting topic. I'd love to learn more about how this can apply to what we do in B2B. So I reached out to her, and here you have it. Excited to share this one with you. If you like what we're doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. So excited about this topic. It's something that I certainly want to explore, and I'm excited about our guest. I'm joined by Tamalori. She's with Buffer. She wrote an article that I stumbled across on the juice, and I reached out and said, I want to learn more about uh, user-generated content. And I think you out there listening um, want to as well. So that's what we're going to be doing on today's episode, unpacking what user-generated content is, how we can use it, and really what it means for our brands. But without further ado, Tamalori, welcome. How are you? Thanks, Brett. Um, I'm good. Thank you. This is only the second podcast I've ever done. So kind of nervous, but excited to be here. Awesome. Maybe before we jump into the topic at hand, I know you maybe, I think it's been a little less than a year you've been at Buffer, but maybe talk a little bit about, think Buffer from a brand perspective, when people think about Buffer's content, they typically have good feelings. Uh, Buffer is historically known for good content and stuff that marketers actually want to read. So maybe talk a little bit about kind of your transition into Buffer and what it's been like contributing to that team? Um, yeah, uh, it's been great. I've been at Buffer since February of 2022, so about eight months now. And I initially joined because, of course, like great reputation um, for the work week. Who doesn't want that? But over time, working with the content team, working with Haley, who's my boss at Buffer, I've come to like develop an understanding of why Buffer takes content so seriously, and it's because everything is very consumer-focused. So we love the customer. We want to serve the customer as much as possible. And that's like anyone who is trying to schedule content on social media. That's like the basic offering of Buffer. But as you said, Buffer has a huge library of content. Um, I think like, I don't think there are many topics that haven't been covered um, it may have been a while, like we need to, like right now we are in a heavy refresh phase. So we're trying to refresh as much old content as possible, but many topics have been covered. Many SEO content topics have been covered. I think the only um, platforms that we haven't really tackled are the newer guys. So TikTok, we don't have anything about marketing on Be Real, for example, but because of that, because of that heavy content focus in the past, um, we've kind of pivoted this year to more of a storytelling content focus so instead of like how to I don't know advertise on Instagram we are doing like interviews with um, people and really chronicling like how different businesses are growing or are trying to grow on different social media platforms and I think it's been so interesting to like approach content from that angle because I did initially think that we were going to be like doing a lot of the SEO stuff 
but diving like a bit deeper i saw that like well what else is there what else is left to cover like we do one tiktok marketing guide and like it serves us for months um but in the interim um what what are we trying to do with content marketing so um more of a storytelling focus um trying as much as possible to uh, i guess prioritize like the people who are going to be using the app so um this year that's like small business owners um people who are trying to grow their personal brand so there's like content specifically for people who just like want to be a bit more consistent with posting on social media of course the big agencies and companies but that focus on like the person um that one person who is who doesn't have that much money our freemium plan is very much like a big focus this year so yeah all these things just like have tied in to how we're approaching content this year um it's been very interesting i've got to i've got to ask you cuz i love the delineation between seo focused content and more storytelling content and i think just as marketers you know some of us say well since we're doing the one seo focus we don't have time and can't do the storytelling mm-hmm. but it sounds like at buffer you're finding a little bit of a balance and maybe I think so often we try to tie all of our content to SEO, but oftentimes spending more time on the storytelling helps us get better results. It just might not be traditional. It might not be what we're used to. So maybe like share before we dive into the topic, and I don't want to get too far sidetracked, but I'm curious, just at a place like Buffer, tell me a little bit about like what sort of results and what is the area of focus for that more narrative-based content that you all are producing? Um, so uh, it's kind of two tracks, I would say. One is like individuals who are ambitious individuals, I guess. That's what we call them internally. So ambitious individuals and small business owners. Both parties may have a level of familiarity with like social media, but the goal is to help them be more consistent. So from the narrative perspective, I took on ambitious individuals and there's a series I've been doing um, a buffer called Social Proof, where I interview people about how they grew their personal brands on social media. Amber, who is the other content writer on the team, interviews lots of small business owners, um, discovering how their work on social media has impacted their business. So it's like two pronged. Um, but the it's like one goal, right? Um, we want to help people become more confident with like, so like with social proof, there are people who, it's very Twitter heavy. <laughs> it ended up being that way. I reached out to more people on Twitter than any other platform, but there was Jack Appleby, who's great at social mm-hmm. strategy. And that interview was kind of like eye-opening, even for me, just like, his approach to personal branding wasn't even like a conscious effort. It was more, he was talking about the things that he was interested in, which in his case is social strategy. And people connected with that. He got job opportunities from that. Um, He's clearly very well known. He's grown his following. Um, How can you replicate that as an ambitious individual reading this article? That's the goal for the ambitious individual side of the storytelling approach that we've taken. And then on the small business side, we interview like small businesses all over the world and kind of tackle how they've used social media for their business and the story, um, the lessons 
that anyone reading this article may get from their approach. So it's more, I guess, archiving the different approaches people are taking to social media because everyone is doing social media in like very different ways. People use TikTok as a search engine. Um, and that could be someone's whole approach to their TikTok strategy, making like posts that tell you like where to find something in like this industry. Um, so yeah, trying to find those people, trying to tell those stories is the goal. And it's not a numbers focused goal. Of course, it brings in visitors, but not from like organic search as much as like SEO content would. But it's been very good at like targeting the right people. So the person who needs this article is discovering it. That's kind of what we want out of the content that we've been publishing. We still do the SEO content, of course, but I, I feel like this is a very interesting way to approach um, content, especially if you've done all you can with SEO. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Uh, social proof. Everyone go check it out. I definitely, uh, I'm a, I'm a Jack Appleby follower. I'm going to go check out that, uh, interview when we get done, but let's, let's talk about the topic. So user generated content, you wrote an article about it and kind of right underneath the headline of the article, I found this interesting and it might be a good launching off point for this conversation, but basically I'm going to paraphrase, but it says something to the effect of it's not it's not that it's people will always talk about the products that they like, but it's how as a brand you decide to to leverage it that matters. And I found that really interesting. And so I kind of want to be, I want to think about that as we have this conversation, but before we dive in, maybe you can just define user-generated content and why it matters now for anyone who might not know. So user-generated content is um, brand specific contents created by consumers of a product at no cost to the brand um, that's published on any online channel for us at least it could also like be someone writing I guess an article in the New York Times and like that goes out in a paper but for the purposes of this interview and this article that I wrote it's about like how um, this content gets shared on social media or other online channels um, and it comes in many forms, um, but the the reason I think it's, and the research supports this, of course, um, it's not just personal opinion, but the reason I think um, user-generated content is more important than ever is trust. Brands have kind of been, I guess, they've, they've been through a lot in the past 20-ish, 30-ish years that the internet has been out. Um, People have gone through many phases of like trusting brands, not trusting brands, um, believing the marketing, not believing the marketing. I think we're at a point now where even as a as someone who is who works in marketing, I'm more likely to trust a friend who tells me about something or a person on TikTok who just seems like really enthusiastic about a product than the brand coming to me themselves. I barely glance at ads these days. Like it just passes over my head because I know the work that went into it. But I also know that oftentimes like there's an element of manipulation. Like you hear all the time about things like the Instagram ads that you get, especially for clothing. 
and people will go online and order the clothing and film themselves unboxing the clothing that they've ordered and it's like it ends up being like horrible quality or the sizing is off or they realize that the tag is like she and just <laughs> rebranded for um this company um so yeah trust is the biggest part of why i think ugc is so important for brands now every type of brand i think there's no one who can really escape the i, I don't know what to call it but the this wave of interest yeah yeah so the i feel like you hit on something that i want to go maybe a layer deeper on but just the fact that you know social proof trust it comes from people we see these people yeah. online so often like we've used social media as maybe for our products or brands, use it as a support channel. And I think now we're seeing an evolution where there's so much more. This is where our fans are. This is where people are sharing their passion around our products. And so I think about, you know, B2B is always maybe a step or two behind what's happening on, on the B2C front. But knowing that, knowing the impact that UGC can have for your brand, how should any B2B marketer who's listening to this be thinking about how they can leverage it to help kind of level up their marketing? Mm-hmm. So this this was something that I was thinking about before the interview. And um, I realized that even um, for someone who writes about it, it's kind of difficult to say, like, con- like you said, B2C is usually ahead of B2B when it comes to marketing like this, uh, picking up consumer interests and like, taking advantage of it for lack of a better term. But for B2B brands, I think the first thing to do is know where your customers are and what they're talking about. Find out if they're talking about you. So in the social media management space, which is where I work and is what I'm most familiar with, Buffer comes up a lot, but so does later. So does HubSpot, and any of our other competitors. And I think this is something that a lot of marketers can probably relate to, having so many competitors that like being be, feeling like you can be distinct, it gets kind of difficult. So you may have like the most amazing branding, but if someone thinks that this tool can do the job better or cheaper, or I can pay more and get more features, like your your competition, the type yeah. of competition that you have in B2B is different from what you have in B2C. Uh, people may not like land on a brand name for, I, I don't know, I don't know how to explain this properly, but for skincare, for example, one of the brands that I used in the art school was CeraVe. I hope I'm saying that right. But Travi is very ubiquitous. They've all, they've been around for a very long time, but they started getting really popular after someone who liked the product talked about them, who had like a pretty decent following at the time. That's user-generated content because he now partners with them, but that was like unsponsored. It was like just passion-based marketing, completely unintentional, but it helped the product grow in popularity. Saravi is like, skincare is like something very specific to people. So not everyone can use Saravi. Some people may have more sensitive skin. They may find that the product just doesn't work for them. It's hardly the same case with B2B products. So usually 
you can find a similar product to yours as a B2B brand. For I, I think I'll use like Buffer versus Later in this example. So they do like we do many of the same things. It's a, they're both social media management tools. We both have like link in bio products. Differentiation won't come from the product itself. If I can like open Later and then like apply their UI to mine and just like change up the colors or whatever, then how do I differentiate myself? That comes down to the customers and how customers feel about your, I guess, your app. So there are people who like, who really like aesthetic looking things. Like they like the way things look. Some people are in it for functionality and nothing else. I know people like Notion is a very good example of this. Notion is, I heard someone describe it as a complicated Google Docs and that description is very funny because it's true. You can do pretty much the same thing um, if you mix Drive and Google Docs, uh, the segmentation, like having folders, uh, having pages for stuff. But why do people like Notion? Because it feels like something that you can customize just a little bit more. Um, I've noticed that that's why people gravitate towards it. Some people don't care. People, Some people just want a way to document things easily and they will go with any app that allows them to do that um and i think notion is a very good example of applying user generated content in this case because they will like you will see a video from someone on youtube describing how i set up my notion page for school and then in like two months they have like a like use this code to get 10 percent off your next or like you go to this link um to start get started with notion so i don't know it's important for b2b brands to use um user generated content i think the summary of everything that i'm trying to say is it's important because it's the best way to differentiate yourself from the competition community like there are so many elements to like how to find user generated content as a b2b brand i'm sure we'll get into more of those as we speak further. But yeah, I think that's those are some of the reasons why it's vital at B2B brands to run. Yeah. So what I picked up from you and what I believe is true is that we all have competitors. We all kind of do the same thing, same features, same functionality. And in, you know, instead of us saying we do this faster or better than our competitors, like what's more powerful is to have other people talk about why they why they love what we do. People are buying, and especially in B two B now more than ever, people are buying because of brands, and then they buy the product. Uh, they buy brand first, just because of what they see, what they read. I think that's why content is so important. I, I'd love to know, maybe just based on your research in the article, maybe some values and benefits that user generated content. And is having in that impact. Mm. So in terms of like, again, this article is very B2C focused. So for B2B brands impact, I think just understanding that people trust people, like it's why you'll see at Buffer, we do this, uh, we sign off with whenever we're replying to a customer, we sign off with the person who's like the person who's replying will sign off with their name 
So if it's me, I'll sign off with like, as long as I'm interfacing directly with the customer, I'll sign off with like, oh, it's me saying this. And that's to add an element of personalization. Um, so yes, user-generated content helps to personalize brands, um, helps to give, put a face to the software, basically. Uh, that's why you will have a name, Alex from The Juice. I don't know if there's an Alex at The Juice, but Alex from The Juice preparing your inbox instead of just plain old The Juice when it's content that is meant to attract a user. So impact that's like one of the things it just builds it builds trust of course we talked about trust um it's also like starting off like encouraging people by i don't know if you if you have a community like uh what's a good example of a brand with a community i've written about this before i think lattice has a community and um in the lattice community they like do lots of conferences and stuff and that's the sort of thing that people will say yeah we're having this conference unprompted completely like you often as long as you've built that relationship um they have alex who used to work at lattice who set up the community described it as uh described the community as being a place where they're not selling to you it's not um they don't allow like salespeople into the community it's for customer to customer interaction, a customer to brand interaction. So it's a place where people will come and um, they can ask questions. They can have like experts share their knowledge with them. And if that sort of community, if I'm a people management expert and I'm in that sort of community, I will share any conference that they're doing unprompted because I am... excited about this product um if nothing else even if like you don't use the product so building like product agnostic spaces is another good way to get user generated content and just like get people to do the work for you <laughs> yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's true no it's true and I, i love it i love i love to try to think about like community is definitely a, a good way to set up set up and start thinking about some outputs and leveraging those outputs, you know, obviously with the consent of the individual and your social or email and that sort of thing. I'd love to know, maybe just, it could be B2B, it could be B2C related, but just like giving an example of the listener so they can go turn to, turn to a brand to point to. Who do you, who do you think, what brands do you think are, are knocking this out of the park right now? Like who's really got a good user generated content engine going? It's not a B2B. I, I can't think of any B2B ones off the top of my head, but B2C, definitely um, Fenty Beauty, Rihanna's makeup brand. It's in so many different ways. They pay attention to their customers in a way I haven't, or I'm just starting to see from other B2C brands. Um, there was a video that went viral and in it, the girl was putting on lip gloss while talking about something completely unrelated to the brand. But everyone loved the way she looked in the comments and they asked what's the name of this lip gloss she told them and people went to buy it um there were people saying in the comments that it was sold out in their city like when they went to look for it because they saw her video and like when they asked the shop owner like why is this sold out they referred to her video and then Fenty Beauty a few days later sends a PR package 
to this person who's not even an influencer, like she's just a regular user. They send a PR package with every single one of their products to her. And this was like, this all happened in the span of a few days. I don't follow her, but I saw every single video related to this event on my For You page. So that's just like one example. But Fenty Beauty does really well at not only rewarding customers for sharing their content, which is such a big part of UGC. If people see that they like, they're they're going to share anyway. Like if I, if I like something, I want to tell people about it, but will I share again is the question. And that's kind of the behavior you want to influence. Um, I think the same applies to B2B brands. Uh, I mentioned Notion. Notion does that really well see one you i'm pretty sure if i search on youtube i'll see like multiple new videos how i set up my notion page it's just something that people share without prompting from the brand but uh, notion rewards these people who share like they can have any number of followers and notion will say oh yeah here's a like url specific and if it brings in traffic amazing for notion if it doesn't it's still someone talking about the product and Notion has reached out to them, made them feel seen, I guess, and made them excited to share again. So pushing people to replicate the behavior is where Notion and like Fenty Beauty succeed. This girl did the lip gloss video, then she showed the PR package that she got. And both videos got like thousands of views. She will probably do another video trying on every shade in the like PR package, that's more and more people seeing the products, engaging with the brand, getting excited about her excitement, applauding Fenty Beauty, because that I saw that happening a lot. I'm saying that, wow, yes, this is how brands should be interacting with customers. Um, so yeah, those, the, those are two brands that I think do UGC pretty well. If you are out there and you work at Fancy Beauty or Notion, <laughs> send Tammy a PR package. <laughs> she just hyped your yes. brand. <laughs> I I need I need both. I use Notion, which is why I know so much about their marketing tactics. Yes, I love it. So. I think this is an interesting, and this is like woven throughout the entire conversation. And I was thinking about it now is a good time to kind of ask it. Is there, you know, getting started with this uh, UGC strategy, is, is there a way to do it organically or is it all kind of, it, it just seems like a lot of it's the sponsored stuff that we see. And I almost like we gloss over it, but if you look at the kind of some of the examples you've shared, it's like, okay, this is organic. Now we're leveraging it. Like, is there a way to kind of get that wheel moving in the right direction and not, not making it just kind of a one-time thing? Um, mm-hmm. Cause obviously the results of this, I think are just the impact of having a really good brand and a really good product. But I I'm thinking if I'm sitting here listening to this conversation and I want to do U- UGC and do it organically, like what's the best way to go about it? So I think the first few mentions of your brand on social media, like of a completely new brand who is just like putting out their first few products, who is just doing, unless you're um, Gigi Hadid, who recently launched a cashmere clothing line that blew up for many different reasons, both good and bad, that I'll probably start seeing lots of content around 
um, everywhere from newspapers to like users who have bought um, consumers who have bought the product unless you're like super famous already it's probably really hard to like get that first organic um, mention uh, some brands just like retweet and like let it go brands that have a community can are better positioned to encourage um, mentions of their brand on social media so I think Harlow uh, is a freelancing platform and they have a community of a freelancer management platform or something like that. And they have a community of freelancers separate from the product. So um, where like they can organize talks with experienced freelancers, they can offer advice, um, freelancers can connect with each other. That's the purpose of that community. So whenever um, someone, they're new. That's why I mentioned, I'm using them as an example. Um, they're pretty new. I think they only got started in 2020. Um, the product is evolving every day, but that community is like a mainstay. Um, people will uh, follow like the community wherever they go because they love the atmosphere, the vibe that this company has created. So creating a community is a stressful, but probably very rewarding way to influence like the creation of UGC content for very new, for folks who are very new at it. If your brand has been around for a while and you are, you haven't been really taking advantage of any content that has been created around your products, finding like any brand mentions and kind of digging deeper, maybe having conversations with the people who have mentioned your brand on social media and why be asking why it's it's it may be time consuming but i think it could be very rewarding to discover like what influenced this initial mention like what made you go oh yeah i should tell people about this um and then finding ways to like influence that um it could be it not every effort to create ugc is always organic so people you may run a competition and say like the best picture gets a hundred dollars off the best like picture of you like what's relevant to b2b brands workspace gets a hundred dollars off the next month of i don't know use like the i don't know the terms to use but i think i hope i'm getting my point across using like contests and competitions is another way to get ugc content mm. is the point ugc is, an, is the point i'm trying to make mm, what are some other ways actionable steps hmm. contests and competitions again everything is like it will take time especially if you're newer to your space or you are new to applying ugc but it, every method i mentioned can be very rewarding has been rewarding for the brands that have tried them out so yeah those are some of the ways um sometimes it's just like i don't know telling people that if they take a picture and tag you on social media, they'll get this thing. Yeah, it's it can be as simple as that. It encourages people who see that, who see the post and see the reward that the person got to replicate that behavior. Rewarding is a very big part of UGC. So if you're considering it, that's something to keep in mind um, as you budget and stuff. And also, yes, internal engagement, employee engagement can also influence uh, your UGC. So getting people who work 
with you and work for you to talk about your products online. Again, using Notion, Notion has like the employee pictures, uh, portraits, the cartoon portraits. So you always know when someone works on Notion by the picture that they have on their LinkedIn or Twitter profile. That's like one method of employee engagement, just to like get people asking questions. And then that kind of influences them to use the product. I guess everything that pushes your user in the direction of, yeah, I should talk about this online uh, is like something that you should try. Just like throw different things at the wall, see what sticks. Uh, Not everything that works for B2C will work for B2B. B2C is very visual. Like if your product is really pretty, people take pictures and like share on their Instagram or whatever. B2B may benefit more from like videos, for example. So I'm showing how I use this product and like encouraging people to do that is another way to get free content from your users. But yeah. I love it. I, I love it. One of the big things that I, I took away from that is that no matter how big or small your brand is, if you have a mention, you see it, that someone's organically talking about your brand, take the time to understand the why, even if it's just one, because that can help kind of unlock the rest of your strategy just from what you learn about one individual mentioning your brand. This was a ton of fun. I learned a lot. Before I let let you get out of here, maybe you you talked about social proof, your content series. Is there anything else you want to hype up that's happening right now at Buffer? Well, I'm working on several projects. Well, we're big on transparency, so I feel like I can talk about some of them here. Um, We do the state of remote work every year. So uh, we are planning 2023's state of remote work now. And we're always looking out for the things that people are interested in, like what you want to know about how remote work has changed over the past few years. Um, So yeah, reach out to me on any platform um, to send in your questions. Yeah, that's that's one project. And then going to trial an idea, talking about how Buffer's different multiple policies have impacted employees' lives in their day-to-day. So like how people have, how people who used to work a five-day work week have adapted to working a 40-day work week. Um, how people who used to work fully in-house have adapted to remote work things like that so yeah that's something to look out for yes i'm 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 uh interested in checking that out also uh the findings for the four-day work week i think anyone listening needs some of that data so we can share back to our bosses so we can figure out how we can (laughs) sleep in on fridays or mondays whatever your day off is tammy thank you so much this was a ton of fun um i have to talk to you soon awesome Had a ton of fun chatting with her. Hopefully you learned something about user-generated content. I know I did. I will put her article in the show notes. Go give it a look. Check it out. You take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back more Modern Day Marketer next week.